0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We've had some big names on Open House this year, but my next guest may well take the cake. She is undisputably one of Australia's finest voices, landing six ARIA awards, two World Music Awards for the world's best-selling Australian artist. She sold more than eight million records. Tina Arena's career has spanned four decades since her early big break in young talent time, 1974. She then reinvented herself at the age of 20 with a hit album, Strong As Steel. Then a second album, Don't Ask, was certified 10 times platinum, selling more than 5 million copies worldwide. She then spread her wings even further, releasing a French single called A La Bleu Ar, It sold one million copies and made her a big star in France. She's released one French album, seven English albums, thrown some musical theatre, bit of other stuff. What a star. Now, having just wrapped up an Australian tour, Tina's released a new album called Symphony of Life, recorded in her home city of Melbourne. Tina Rina joins us now from Stockholm, where she's writing. Hi, Tina.
1: Hi, Lee. How are you?
0: Fine, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on Open House.
1: You're very welcome. Why Stockholm to write? (laughs) Oh, I love Stockholm. (laughs) I've always loved Sweden. If you think about it, I think Australia has probably been one of the most successful territories for the, the Swedish musical community. Yes. They've always had terrific success, and it started way back in the 70s with ABBA. There's a really interesting, cultivated, intellectual brilliantly talented musicians in Sweden. They're great pop writers. They have an unbelievable sensibility of the Anglo-Saxon culture as well as the European culture, as they are Northern Europeans. I don't know, I really like this place. I like the spirit here. The human generosity in this place is, is really quite beautiful.
0: When I hear you speak like that, I think here's a woman who's really spread her wings through the 40 years that you've had in the industry.
1: I've had a full life, Lee. Yeah,
0: what a privilege. I
1: think I've, I don't spend an awful lot of time thinking about, you know, mortality, but it's interesting that if my life was to stop tomorrow, it's been an incredible celebration and incredible journey so far, and I guess a part of me also needed to document Symphony of Life tour mm. because I thought if anything ever happened or if, or if something stopped tomorrow, I decided not to continue or whatever. To be able to look at something like that, those visuals, and to hear those sonics is just, for me, would make me really proud.
0: What would it say about your life, do you think?
1: (laughs) There's a question. (laughs) There, you got me. (laughs) Adventure, displacement, an enormous amount of hard work, an extraordinary amount of emotions, a beautiful human exchange.
0: What a wonderful answer. It's a bit of a blockbuster as well. 22 songs on it. Did you have trouble choosing or something, did you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's tough to choose. It's really tough to choose, Lee. If I really wanted to go back through the repertoire, I'd be on stage for four hours, five (laughs) hours. If you go through the repertoire of Strongest Deal, don't ask... In Deep, Just Me, the French albums, a bunch of compilation albums in between, Songs of Love and Loss 1, Songs of Love and Loss 2. Mm. There's an awful lot of material there.
0: I'm interested that you describe part of that life represented in Symphony of Life as hard work because it's a sobering thing and an important thing for people to realise that, yes, it's so glamorous, it's so successful, but it is a real grind as well.
1: Oh, you know what? It's really funny. There's only really one glamorous aspect for me of my job. <laughs> yeah. And let me be very categoric about it. Um, it's getting up on stage, being able to wear those beautiful costumes, to be able to feel them and to, and to sing. Yeah. That is the glamorous aspect of my job. I don't really see the glamour above and beyond that.
0: Was it the music or was it the performing or both that hit your buttons when you were seven and you got your break. Oh, it's both.
1: Time. It's definitely a combination of both, both. There's no question, and I think they're both equal as well. I wouldn't say that one superseded the other, really.
0: How did you cope as a seven-year-old?
1: Kids like a structure. It was really important that I, I was privileged enough to have a great structure and a, a family that was very traditional in in the way that things are approached and is still very traditional in the way that things are approached. You know, there was no room for ego. There was no room for narcissism. Although, let me tell you, there's plenty of narcissism that's prevalent today. Yes, I've particularly noticed. in my business. Yes. You know, a family with really great for me dropped. Dead values, fabulous values.
0: What are those values that have driven them, and you?
1: Treat people the way you want to be treated.
0: As Jesus said.
1: Well, yeah, one of the many things he did say, absolutely. I grew up in a Catholic, with a Catholic education, I was taught values. I was taught to treat other people the way that I wanted to be treated, and that it's important to give, and it's important to help. Because it is nourishing, it is gratifying to see and to give something.
0: We're well and truly in the Christmas zone on Open House mm. tonight. Where's Christmas going to be for you this year? And do you reflect much on what it is when it comes around?
1: I am starting to, I guess, with age, because my partner and I aren't huge fans of consumerism. Mm-hmm we really make a very conscious decision to stay very clear of it. You know, we have a seven-year-old little boy who's obviously mad and, you know, at school the kids are all going, I've got this and I've got that and, look, I've got the new Michael Jordan runners and rah-rah-rah and we do spend a little bit of time sitting and explaining to gab and talking to him about consumerism trying to make him understand as simplistically as we can that there is a business and if we all have to buy things in order to stimulate an economy and to do things but we don't necessarily need those things why we don't necessarily need those things are also absolutely explained to him. At Christmas time, we usually put together a big bag or something and we go and we donate things to charity, things that we don't need. We keep it pretty simple, Lee, because as far as I'm concerned, it's terribly easy for us to sit there and to spoil him materialistically there have been a couple of Christmases where he has and it's made us as parents just feel that it's wrong so we're really conscious about that
0: why do you think it's important for him to look beyond himself like that as a seven-year-old
1: because he's a very lucky little boy yes We need to make him understand that without him feeling that he's carrying something on his shoulders, we certainly don't want him to have a chip on his shoulder about it, but we also make it very aware to him that he's a lucky little boy and that there are a lot of children that don't have families and don't have homes and don't experience Christmas, and he talks a lot about that. And we spend a lot of time talking about that. And we plan trips to travel when he gets older to go and visit kids and to go into poorer communities. He needs to understand that.
0: Will you be back in France for Christmas?
1: Yeah, we will be. Our home will just be finished to be renovated. So I'll probably be sitting around boxes and, quite frankly, I don't care.
0: It's stuff. Your move to France was such a big one for you where you've made a substantial name for yourself. Mm. How did that come about, yeah?
1: decision that i chose to make obviously the family was what prompted me to do it my partner's french my little boy was born there so it made sense to do that i've since we have since come back to australia because we've realized that europe is really not the place to live at the moment and i think that we made a, a very very good decision however there is a family home in france for obvious reasons
0: so how much time are you spending back in oz
1: oh a good six months or if not more of the year what a treat yeah absolutely
0: One of the numbers of songs that stand out for me on Symphony of Life is Jemapel Baghdad, My Name Mm. is Baghdad. Mm. There's a powerful message about that city and war. Mm. Why that song on the
1: album? Because it speaks about a reality. Baghdad was the jewel of the Orient of the Middle East years ago. It was rich in all sorts of things. It was aesthetically beautiful. The culture, they were culturally leaps and bounds ahead of the Western world. And then all of a sudden, that just got bombed. And that song speaks about that complete juxtaposition. The verses talk about what Baghdad used to be. And then it goes into the chorus and talks about what Baghdad is what it has become. My name is Baghdad and I have fallen under the firing tankers. My name is Baghdad, disfigured princess. Sherazad and sherazad has forgotten about me. I think that beautiful play on words between those two incredible differences is just so beautiful it's just poetic justice um for me it was that sense of poetry and the way that it's expressed in that song and then you add the musical drama that goes with it for me it's just an inevitable piece to add now a lot of australians are very curious about what i've done in france so it's like well take a listen to this.
0: It's a very you know? powerful And it's very
1: powerful. Yeah. It is very political. But hey, you know, if we don't talk about things, if we don't talk about the reality of things, how on earth are we going to move forward? Yeah.
0: So on the night that we're really starting to focus on uh, Christmas, your Christmas message from Stockholm to the Land of Oz.
1: The Christmas message is for everybody to take stock and time to understand the great privileges that come with the land from down under. The incredibly safe, wonderful quality of living that that country has. I really hope that people in Australia take time and stock to really appreciate the privileged position that they're all in and at the same time say a little prayer for the people around the world who live in the most pitiful conditions that anybody could ever imagine. For me, Christmas is about taking that time to really think about that. Understand that we can, if whatever we can do to help, we should.
0: What a great message. Good on you. So to take us out, I'd love to play one of the tracks from Symphony of Life. Your choice. What would you choose?
1: My husband makes movies because it's just such a beautiful story of a woman who loves a man so much, but that man is so obsessed and narcissistic. You just see this incredible woman that loves this man unconditionally and he just doesn't give a rat about her. <laughs> I think it speaks about a lot of things. It's not only about love. I think you could apply <laughs> that kind of feeling to many domains, let's let's be honest.
0: Okay, let's play it. Tia Maria, it's been such a treat to have you on Open House. It's been such a highlight of the year. Thank you so much indeed for your time.
1: Thank you for your time, Lance, and thanks to all of your listeners. And have a wonderful, a sincerely wonderful Christmas.
0: Same to you. And this is My Husband Makes Movies.
2: Actions aren't always what they seem. He may be on to some unique romantic theme. Some men run banks. husband spins fantasies he lives them then gives them to you all like Michelangelo he paints his private dome that can't distinguish what's his work and what's his home some men punch clocks some men sell stocks Some leap where others fear to tread My husband as author and director Makes up stories in his head Guido Contini, Louisa Contini Number one genius and number one fan Guido Contini, Luisa Contini Passionate woman in love with this man Long ago Many years ago Don't Contini Louisa his lover actress with dreams and a life of her own Then they had no ends of world to discover singing together all night on the phone. My husband makes movies to make them, he makes himself obsessed, he goes for weeks on end without a bit of rest, no other way can he achieve his level best. To dream and muse My husband only Rarely comes to bed My husband